Hang on, I gotta clear my throat here. <clears throat> Isn't there a rap song like that? I don't Let know. Let me clear no, my throat. Yeah, Mark knows. That was loud, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hey, Struman, here, the four outdoorsman at a Sunday night. I'll tell you what. We gotta thank uh, uh, Ted Hanasevich, right? Teddy boy? Is that how you say that? A guy like name with Strusinski does pretty well. <laughs> you were super close, close enough to that he would accept that for sure. All right. Pretty much an H followed by any string of numbers Ted will answer to. Numbers. <laughs> well, thanks numbers you. and letters. Consonants. Thanks to you and Doyle <laughs> Turner for being on the the homegrown show. That's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to come in here early to listen to these guys and ladies and meet them and schmooze and see if they get free tickets to crap. And sometimes it happens. <laughs> it does. Sometimes but, you um, get free CDs. But these guys, uh, check them out, man. They're really, really good. Uh, thanks for being on the fo- on the uh, the Homegrown Show. Uh, Struman here, Mark, Lukey, Sam, off it all. Brandon's our fourth outdoorsman behind the glass. How are you guys? A good week or not? Huh? What happened with you guys this week? Good week, busy week, but yeah, overall really good. Week three now of owning Capra's. Uh, two. I have two complete weeks, yeah. And uh, I want to introduce our new sponsor, Capra's Outdoors. That was a hard sell for me. Yeah. I suppose it would, yeah. Yeah, it was. Are you doing your own spots or you're hiring someone professionally? Like me? No, 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 no. <laughs> like our ad? He's yeah. Do- he's doing a live, two live reviews tonight, so we get to I critique I was hoping him. you guys would do it. Well, I'm... I've been in the store. I can do one or two for you. Yeah, but, uh, there you go. <laughs> Capra's Outdoors, I'll tell you what, that's a big deal on the highway, uh, well, it's County Road 60, Highway 65, what do you yeah, call it? Yeah, Highway yeah. 65, yeah. Just south of Highway 10, and uh, good for you, man. We'll talk more about that yeah. every week now Thank that you. you're sponsoring the show. Hey, I'll tell you what, my wife, my gorgeous wife, Diana, just came back. Sweetheart, how are you? Welcome home. I missed you. Uh, now, that you're, now that you're back, you can start picking up crap for me, because usually, you know... <laughs> With the knee surgery, you take advantage of some people, right? You know, you got yep. get this for me, get this. I can get my walk, whatever it was. But she was gone the last three days. Hell, I was getting it all by myself. But, boy, my knee's really hurting now. So I might need some help when we get home. So looking forward to that. Anyway, just text you guys. Look at your text. My wife was in Chatech, Wisconsin with a couple of our lady friends, and they do a wine walk every year. And this one was a beer <laughs> walk. It was the Halloween beer walk in Chatech, Wisconsin. <laughs> And these ladies have fun. They're all in their 70s. And check this out. The out uh, honey, give me permission to post this. Maybe Mark can post it as well. These outfits that these ladies did, put on, and made yeah. up, wonderful. How is that for having fun, man? That Never, is, that is fun. fun. Never, they were witches, you know, so it uh, wasn't hard to get a costume. Can you get a DUI on a broom? Uh, you probably could. You probably could. <laughs> It'd yeah, be but, a BUI. Uh, but uh, I'm going to post it on my website and on my Facebook. You guys do it as well because you guys who are listening – you got to see what these ladies look like. Good for them to have so much fun at the age of which we are. So uh, welcome back, baby. So uh, Anyway, so uh, you were talking about, uh, oh, hey, my son Mike texted me this morning with a picture. And he's, he's in camouflage. Did you see that? He's in camouflage. No, I, I couldn't see him. He's in camo. Well, it, it, that's, that's the thing. He says, he, said, he says, can you, can you can see, see me? me? Yeah, one yeah. of those things. So I don't know where I asked him, what are you hunting for? And did you get anything? Or where are you? But he hasn't gotten back to me. So good for him to get out in the woods yeah. because it's like being a professional golfer. If you think you want to be a golf a lot, become a professional golfer because you haven't got time to golf. You no know, with teaching pro, those kind of things. Now, Mike loves to hunt, loves to fish. He loves the outdoors. He got himself 125 acres in North Branch. That's going to be my whole life. I don't think he's been in the wood more than <laughs> twice in the last three years. He's too well, busy doing when, stuff. When you, you go know? to farming, there's yeah. a lot of yeah. stuff to do. <laughs> I, can, I can attest to that big time, you know, being in the outdoors. You know, we all got that love from hunting and fishing. But, like, the busiest times of year for sales are, like, the hunting season. So oh, yeah. you definitely don't like to hunt. And then, like, when you're shooting a gun and you're like, you guys want to go to the range? You're like, 
No, I don't. <laughs> like yeah. the last thing I want to be around is gunshots. Yeah, it's right like now. a like a mailman taking a walk on his day off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, same old thing. Yeah, it's uh, but it's all good. I just got back from Ely, Minnesota, with yeah. uh, my buddy Bob Krejci and Mark Burkhammer, my neighbor in Chitek, Wisconsin. And uh, what a cool story with Steve Renneberg, of course, being on a lake not too far from Ely. We fished it a couple of days ago, where he, he saw the fire. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then he's pleased. I, I contacted Robin and. and uh, and uh, Tim from Outdoor News. Is this newsworthy? They did a nice story on him. Uh, he also has a nice story in the Ely Press, whatever you want to call that. Uh, Steve Renneberg, who owns Arrowhead Outdoors, was fishing and saw a fire called the uh, the fire department of Morse, Minnesota, a little county or city over there. And it took three, four, five hours, but it was going it was going the wrong direction. They put it all out. So I went fishing with him and a couple other guys uh, the last couple of days in Ely. He was and, also transporting them, wasn't he? Yeah, he was taking all these yeah. firefighters from the landing to the area where they could start fighting the fire, including water pumps, all kinds yeah. of crap like that. So. I mean, it sounds like, you know, it's an awesome story, but if you really, like, think about it, I mean, it could have been a tragedy. Oh, there's nothing more than, at least a mile, he says, the, the direction the wind was going, this thing was about <clears> four <throat> acres by the time he noticed it and they got there, it was going the wrong way, and there's nothing but woods with very little access to it. Uh, and this was 4 o'clock, <clears> 5 <throat> o'clock in the afternoon. So if, it, if, if this was noticed in the morning, uh, goodbye. And it was, it's been very, very dry. I assume it's been dry up there as well. So, I mean, it would have been like kindling the whole way. Now, yeah. I guess, I, I think I can, I can say this. Uh, they did discover that there were some uh, squatters, I guess you call them, that had spent a few days, maybe a week there. There were just clothes lines. There was tents. You know, Does it count as squat? Isn't it camping? No, 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 no. These these were these were people who uh, they're squatters in tents and canoes. <laughs> Kick them out. Uh, no, they were people who uh, just go from like the, vagabonds. Yeah, what okay, do you call there them? you go. Do you call Homeless. Them? I don't know. You call them yeah. vagabonds, I guess. But uh, I'm from the 30s. Yeah, yes, you are. I think, the prop, I think the proper term is crunchy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's that's fun. But anyway, so we went out and uh, I tell you what, Steve Renneberg, Arrowhead Outdoor. Oh, you got him right. All right, all right, all right. I tell you what, let's get to him right away. We'll talk about Steve Renneberg and our fishing trip a little later on. We got a young man named Tom Rogotsky on the air. Do we not? Yes, we do. Hey, Tom Boy, how are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing all right. Just uh, I actually went on a fish run today. I went down to Rochester and gave a few customers their fish, went up through Lake City. It's a real beautiful drive through the, the valley there. So uh, now I'm here with you guys. Okay, what uh, what town do you live in, Tom? Uh, so I reside in Hutchinson, okay. and I drove all the way from Hutchinson down to Rochester today. It was, it was a real nice drive, beautiful day. Yeah, well, I, I, Tom Rogoski and his family own Rogoski Fish Company in Alaska. And um, the reason I'm calling you, of course, we've had you on the air before. It's a great, great story. Your dad's been fishing in Alaska in the 19, since the 1980s. How long have you been fishing with your family in Alaska? So I believe this year uh, marked 24 years for me. Uh, I fished with Dad for my first 11, and then I've had my uh, own ever since. Uh, it was kind of one of those where he finally pushed me out of the nest, and <laughs> and a few other uh, captains in our radio group up there just said, it's, it's time for you to be doing this on your own, and got my own fishing boat, and my brother did too. And uh, So it's Dad, uh, my brother, I, and my uncle. Okay. So, so do you uh, yeah, do you together. do you owe him money like the mafia since he started it? I mean, is he the boss still, or are you your totally <laughs> own boss? Royalties. 
Oh, no, there's, I don't have to pay any sort of tribute to him or anything. You know, maybe like I have to tow his boat when he breaks down or something, but uh, that's about it. You must be talking Uh, from experience. One of the reasons I wanted to call you, I love your, I I love your whole philosophy about this, who we are and all those kind of things. You're you're in Bristol Bay since 1982. The name of your boat is called the FV Katie Blue. What, who's, who is that named after? The Katie Blue. Well, so I asked the previous owner, and there's kind of a superstition that changing a boat uh, boat name is bad luck. Uh-huh. And so I kind of went off that. I kept the old boat name. Uh, my cousin, Katie, who fishes up there, too, from time to time, said that was her favorite boat name. I left it, and I asked the old boat owner what the name, like, who was it named after? And he said he likes to think it was uh, Catherine Hepburn. So oh, yeah, that's, that's, cool. that's what I got to go on. Oh, boy. You guys specialize, I think, in kings. Doesn't, doesn't <laughs> Norman? Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys. Everyone wants king salmon, right? And that's that's the is that your big target fish? I know you do a lot of sockeye as well, but is king salmon your big your big selling point? Well, we'd like it to be, but in the last handful of years, the king salmon runs have been uh, a little bit smaller, and so the fish and game department up there has actually uh, kept us from fishing some of those. Uh, they're up counting the escapement or what makes it up river to spawn. And so the king runs have been smaller. We've kind of tried to stay away from fishing those fish, and we've just mainly targeted the sockeyes. Uh, and the sockeyes had a phenomenal run this year, best record run ever in Bristol Bay. What would make? What's the difference? I mean, they both have to do the same kind of thing. Don't they both go upstream and up river and they, they spawn and all that? Why would the, the sockeyes be so prevalent and and you're having trouble with the king salmon so the kind of the way that a lot of people think and i've talked to the biologist in the area up there is that the sockeyes uh have the the weather has been so good up there they haven't had a lot of like really harsh winters in that region uh and so the fish are all surviving well, we get a lot of numbers then, yeah. and they kind of out, they outcompete the the kings in a lot of places for the the food sources, and so those sockeyes uh, just seem to multiply. But the thing that we've noticed on the back end when they return is that they're smaller fish. There might be a lot more of them, but they're you know instead of being six pound average, you end up with a five or just a hair under pound average uh, for the size of the fish. Yeah. Uh, also, I read in the paper that the reason, again, the reason I called you is because exactly what we're talking about. I think, didn't they shut down someplace around there? Didn't they shut down all snow crab fishing for the entire season? Yeah, yeah. And I've kind of been in touch a little bit with a few of my crabbing buddies up there. And, uh, you know, that crab and they also do cod and things like that. And, and uh, you know, like there really isn't... a consensus on what exactly has caused those crabs to uh you know kind of diminish a little bit you know at least for the time being here but uh, a few things could be that the the warmer ocean temperature and you know just the bering sea in general like uh there's not as much ice uh and the crab really thrive in that uh cold water environment uh so they kind of figure that that could be one of the things is just a little bit warmer uh, the last handful of years, and then also that uh, there's a few kinds of fishing where they think there's been a few, like a lot of bycatch, uh, which is uh, people who are catching fish that they're not targeting, uh, maybe damaging those crab runs. We're talking with Tom Rogatsky of Rogatsky Fish Company in uh, from Ala- in Alaska. They're from he's from Hutchinson, Minnesota. I had a chance to meet you last year, maybe two years ago. 
at Jimmy's in White Bear Lake, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Had a nice lunch. Yep. BS with you. And I love what it says here. We only deliver to areas in, from southern Minnesota and the Twin Cities. Eh, that means just south of Duluth. <laughs> so from where you are, <laughs> and I also love this. You, you love to keep it simple. You say, it's we only, you have to order your fish before the season starts. And that's June through August, I think, something like that. And you only collect payment once you deliver the fish. You just say, eh, it's just a pretty simple process, and that's the way we like it. That's a cool, that's a cool philosophy. Yeah. Yep, it's it's always worked out well. I really enjoy connecting with all of our customers uh, around the state, and and uh, each year kind of build relationships and talk fishing and and uh, whatnot. So, are you uh, go ahead, Sam? I mean, Mark, go ahead. Hey, I have a question. How do you uh, how do you get all that fish back from you? Do you just rent a big truck or something, or do you fly it in, or how how do you get that fish back here from Alaska? Oh well, you know, like usually we take we have a. It'll end up on a barge coming down from Alaska. It goes to Seattle, and then from there, we're in charge of lining up trucking to get it back over here to wherever we put it in cold storage for the year. Um, you know, I was thinking like maybe we could just hire Strew to go up there with a boat and just haul it back down himself, and I could do you know, it. Pay him a couple extra bucks. Yeah. I'd probably go around South America or something, but I'd get back here eventually. But that's uh, <laughs> no, I, I I remember last year you we have about three or four minutes last year when we had you on. I said you know. That's a tough job. You, you bust your asses for three months. You're up, you get three or four hours sleep, maybe a night for those two or three months. And I said, I'm 5'7", 145 pounds. I, could I do this job? <laughs> he said, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You'd be perfect. You'd fit in the boat great. Yeah. I'd be entertaining people. A lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of BS on the boat, and I so I think you'd fit in great, and uh, you know you could maybe come up and just be what we call a peak person, and you just fish the middle of the season and make the gravy in the middle. I could do that for a couple of weeks, but there's no such, there's no such thing on your boat, right? How, how, do I have to commit to 30 days, 60 days? What do I have to commit to? Well, I had a guy come up uh, this year for three weeks, and he was there basically when the main part of the run was happening, and as soon as uh, those three weeks were up, he said, see you later, and Shortly thereafter, the run started to die down, and, and that was it. All right. Based on the run as to what is happening right now, are you guys concerned about where this business is going to go in the future? Is it, are you concerned about five years from now? Oh, you know, I guess there's always kind of like that level of concern, like nothing's guaranteed, and, uh, you know, the fish runs kind of go in cycles. Uh, right now, like this, this year, there was $79 million that returned, uh, and this sockeye is, uh, returned to Bristol Bay, and that's just a phenomenal number. Like uh, I can remember, just maybe seven, eight years ago, we were in the you know around forty million. Wow! So it's doubled in size. And uh, the thing is, is like it gets pretty competitive up there. Uh, the river that we fished in this summer had seven hundred and twenty-two boats in it. And uh, you know, if you, it's kind of like if you see a few guys out in their favorite walleye spot out in the middle of the lake, and all of a sudden everybody piles into that one spot. You're yeah. all, you're all fighting for the fish that are there. So, yeah. all right, Tom Ragonski, tell us if somebody wants to order fish from you now, uh, what's your site? How do they do this? They order, how many can they order? What can they order? And uh, and how do they go about that? So right now we still have uh, sockeye fillets in 22-pound boxes, and we have sockeye portions at six-ounce pieces, uh, and those are in 10-pound boxes. And to order those, you'd go to rogotskyfishco.com, uh, R-O-G-O-T-Z-K-E, fishco.com. 
You're a good man, Tommy boy. I tell you what, I'm glad you're back safely. It's got to be a tough job for those three months, and uh, I know you just get out, get a chance. Right, what you get a chance to go out bird hunting, all that kind of stuff. Right now, you got a good life. Thanks, young man, Tom Rogotsky, Rogotsky Fish Company. You need some salmon or sockeye or king salmon, whatever you want. Get a hold of those guys. Order it now or sometime before the season. They're going to take care of you. Thanks, Tom. You take care of yourself. I'll stay in touch with you, all right? Yep. Thanks a lot, Drew. Thanks, you guys. You bet. Take care of yourself. Can be right back, right? With Adam Griffith, the crappie king. This guy says he can catch bigger crappies within 60 miles of the Twin Cities than any place else in the state. Yes. I think he's full of of bullshit. Yeah, he's way BS and you back. You're listening to The Four Outdoorsmen, part of Bob Outdoors. You've heard us talking about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com, and thanks. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by clam outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, clam pro tackle, frost ice line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at clamoutdoors.com. Dezeal Heating and AC has let the dogs out. For a limited time, buy two, get one free. That's right, buy a furnace and AC and get a free water heater. If your water heater is getting up there in age, there's a good chance it's the same age as your heating and cooling system. Save on monthly utility bills with new, efficient equipment that comes with a free, industry-leading warranty. Dezeal Heating and AC, serving Wright County and the West Metro. For details, call our comfort consultants or go to DezealHVAC.com. Ice fishing season is almost here. The 2022 Hardwater Ice Fishing Expo is coming to the National Sports Center in Blaine November 18th through the 20th. Featuring the latest gear like augers, tackle, rods, reels, sleds, trailers, electronics, and more. Stick around for great pro seminars and learn tips and tricks that will help you catch more fish this winter. There's fun for kids and adults, so bring the whole family. Don't miss the 2022 Hardwater Ice Fishing Expo November 18th through the 20th at the National Sports Center in Blaine. Mark here for Everest Men's Health. You know, I've been going to Everest Men's Health for quite a few months now, and I had a body assessment kind of recap last week, and guess what? I've gained more muscle. I'm down in body mass index, and I feel better than I've felt in a long time. So I'll tell you what, go to Everest Men's Health. You can get a $50 testosterone body assessment test, and uh, it's worth it. You should do it, everestmenshealth.com. They have three locations, and tell them the four outdoorsmen sent you. Hey, I'd like to welcome our new sponsor, Sam, Big Sam with Capra's. Sam, you told me about this huge gun sale you're having coming up pretty soon. Tell me about it. Yeah, we're really excited about it. Not only is it guns, Mark, we're doing 10% off all ammo. We actually do have ammo in stock. A lot of the competitors out there are scraping the bottom of the barrel with ammo. We have a full line of ammo. Not only that, 10% off Ruger 10 and you also get a free 25-round mag, and that's not all 
10% off wildlife research and Leupold scopes at Capper's Outdoors. That's awesome. Cool. Hey, I'll tell you what, Arrowhead Outdoors, we talk about Arrowhead Outdoors regularly on the four outdoors. It's up in Ely, Minnesota. It's not only the best bait store up there, but they're the nicest people in the world. But I'll tell you what, it's getting late. Of course, there's still some bird heading out there. There's still some open water. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. But you have to get ready for ice fishing. Steve Renneberg and Chris, they now have a couple of ice fish houses that they put out all over the place. They, they search all the time. They pre-fish, and they're going to put those ice fish houses where the fish are, right near the Boundy Waters. And I'll tell you what. They sell out very, very quickly. So if you want to go ice fishing near the Bounty Waters, any place around Ely, Minnesota, go to arrowheadoutdoors.com or something like that. They're going to take care of you. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-279-0433 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-279-0433. That's 800-279-0433. What do you have to lose? Call 800-279-0433. Again, 800-279-0433. Hi, this is Jim Woodruff from Minnesota Wheels of Honor. And all of volunteer Minnesota nonprofit organization dedicated to honoring our Minnesota military, law enforcement, and first responders and their families. Please connect with us on Facebook under MN Wheels of Honor. Thank you and God bless America. It's Neil here for Zero Res and how does this sound? The more you clean, the more you save. This month, get three rooms of carpet clean starting at just $139 or five rooms starting at just $199. That's a 43% savings. And don't forget about your air ducts. Right now, Zero Res will give you $75 off any air duct cleaning package. These deals won't last long. Beat the Russian book today. Call 952-ZERO-RES or online at ZeroResMinnesota.com. ZeroRes spell it backward or forward. It spells the same. And be sure and tell them Neil sent you for Bob FM. Broadcasting live from the Barnhouse Exteriors studios. Go to BarnhouseExteriors.com. Have storm damage? Need a new roof? Go to BarnhouseExteriors.com for a free, no-obligation consultation. Total Country Bob FM. All right, we're going to see if this worked this time. Last week, we uh, we tried to have Adam Griffith on, my buddy Adam Griffith. Hey, Mark Fisher's back in town. I'll tell you what, after the show, uh, Mark Fisher is on with the, the gang for Real Talk Outdoors. So just stick around after our show at 7 o'clock. Uh, we have fun and just BS, and those guys teach you stuff. So uh, that's it's a good combination. Adam Griffith, my buddy, welcome to the Four Outdoorsmen. How's it going, guys? Hey, I'll tell you what, last week when you called me, I felt so bad. If someone did not listen to the show last week, and we couldn't get a hold of you, and Brandon was trying to call you, and we're going back and forth, back and forth. And then when I got home, about, oh, 9 o'clock, you called me and says, where were you guys? <laughs> and, and we called you a couple of times and whatnot, and it just didn't work. You said that you had just got T-Mobile, and something was screwed up. So I don't know what happened. So did, do you still have T-Mobile? I do, but we're, well, I can hear you now, so here we go. Can you hear me now? (laughs) Are you still in the garage? Did your lady friend kick you out, and you're in the garage right now, right? No, I'm hanging out on the porch and just, uh, you know, wait to put the boat in. 
You know, I, I've known you for uh, probably uh, since we started the show about eight years now, and and uh, become a a good friend. And and thank you very much for that. I've nicknamed you the Crappie King probably from day one, and frankly, you you, you earned that that uh, nickname. But uh, you're out there fishing all the time. You did you fish today? I did. Um, started out bass fishing, and then went uh, crappie fishing just because. It was flat, calm, and I kept seeing these crappies busting out in like 40-some feet of water. Um, went out there, and we were literally catching them like two feet under the water in 40, 46 to 38 to 46 feet of water. That's crazy. I've never heard of that. I mean, is that common? Well, it is in the fall because what they're doing is they're following that last bug hatch that happens. So there's when the water hits 50-ish, there's... The last bug hatch is what I call it of the the fall, summer transition, whatever you want to call it. And they just kind of rise right up to the surface. And if it's flat, calm out, they will literally sit right on the surface waiting for these bugs to just make their way to the surface. Go ahead, Mark. Adam, how do you catch them that, I mean, are you putting on a bobber or are you just throwing in retrieving right away? A net. Uh, we, a net. we just Dynamite. put on, uh, what we did is use a thumper jigs with a little spinner on the bottom and a mm-hmm. you know, twister tail threw it out there reeled it back slowly and you could watch most of them eat it two to three feet under the surface and i would imagine the when the weather was colder for a little bit and then it warmed up again it, it kind of set their clock again to, to get up on the surface thinking that the uh, that the, yeah. uh, the bugs gonna be hatching again well that's very very interesting see we learned we learned something laughing and learning on the four outdoorsmen yep. is this your this has to be your favorite time of the year. I know you're a big ice fisherman. We'll talk about Crappie Chronicles in a bit as well. But I think for most outdoorsmen, especially like right now, this is the most versatile time of the year for you. Is this your favorite time of the year? Oh, for sure. I mean, if you want to catch a giant bass, walleye, hike, muskie, anything, really, this is the time of the year to do it. Yeah, you can. F- I mean, they're, they're just feeding up for winter, and the fish that don't normally move up on these spots when you're there, you know, in the summertime, you go up there at noon, 11 o'clock, and, you know, there's just, those big fish are just, a lot of them feed at night. And I think it kind of gets them into these fall patterns where they start to feed when they normally wouldn't. So it gives you the opportunity to catch the biggest fish of the summer. Good for you. But, Adam, how are you supposed to fish when it's hunting season two? <laughs> how do you, how is a hunter? You got to pick one. I mean... <laughs> Oh, I used shoot. to be a giant hunter, and I just don't hunt anymore. I'd rather go catch fish and just release them. How much? You can't, of really, re- you can't release the deer you shoot. So, <laughs> well, you can. They just don't go very far. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Mark. He gets. He bypasses the middleman. He releases the deer before they even. Yeah, he, ne- <laughs> he never gets a deer. He never gets a deer. I tell you, do, how do you? Um, how much of your time on the water is business as compared to recreational, percentage wise? Uh, probably, I mean, it's probably 60, 40 business to recreational, Okay. but even when I'm recreational fishing, I'm still doing the business side. I'm thinking, okay, this could be a potential guide spot. Yeah. You know, just as I'm fishing these lakes, um, just for fun, I still go, okay, well, this might be a, something we can, uh, bring into effect later on. And so, I mean, I'm always thinking that way. It just got, you have to. You know, for the Especially, last, go ahead. Because we're not in a really a guide destination location, so right. 
if I can add these little niches to it, you know, where I can catch these fish that most people can't, you know, it helps out. You know, I'll tell you what, the last couple of years, you and uh, I think Adam and Matt and uh, I think I mean, Brian was part of your show as well. You do a thing called Crappie Chronicles. You've done it for a couple of years. And I'll tell you what, Adam, I'm, a ho- I'm hooked. We keep talking about let's get together. And, of course, you've invited me many times. I just haven't had a chance to do it. When I was watching that the last couple of seasons, I love to see you guys catch 17-inch crappies out of the river and in little pockets of the river. Um that's got to be exciting for you because everyone thinks about crappie fishing in the state of Minnesota and big bodies of water. Correct. Yeah, those uh, those backwaters are real fun. Like, so like here where I live, it's all floodplain lakes. So if they don't flood every so often, they kind of get worked out. Everything just kind of dies off. But uh, like, if you go down to that Hastings to Red Wing area. Those are all true blackwaters where they're actually connected to the river. So, like, here it's all floodplain, which is not, like, always connected to the river unless it floods. Right. So it's a totally different dynamic based on what where you want to go. But one thing I will say, if you ever fish backwaters, don't be afraid to fish shallow. Like, they don't care how shallow it is. You know, and I think it's really fun to watch. If you haven't seen Crappie Chronicles over the last couple of years, you can find it all over the place. But even when you get excited, when, I, when I've seen all you guys, and all of a sudden you bring a fish through the through the ice, and it's a monster that could be 17 inches, I, I, it's fun to see you get excited. That's got to be a big fish. And you do that all the time. One of your things about Crappie Chronicles is, of course, like I said before the show started, you guys say that you can catch bigger crappies than any place in the state of Minnesota within 60 miles of the Twin Cities. Absolutely. You look at where all, well, the state record black crappie caught in Hastings, state record white crappie caught in, I think, Henneman County in, I can't remember the lake name. Sure you can. Not very yeah, far. Here we go. Yeah, I <laughs> can't remember go. the lake either. Entire, entire state, they're all caught in, you know, a 60-mile radius. Are there any three crappies, three-pound crappies out there anymore? Oh, for sure. Really? Lots of them. Really? They're just getting smart with the new technology and stuff. I mean, they're just getting really smart. All of a sudden now, the sonar's not hitting them in the back. It's hitting them in the side. And they're they're just, they freak out. Like, I watch them in the live scope. You turn it, or the Mega Live, you turn it at them, and they will literally just take off. Interesting. Weird. Hmm. It's interesting. They're evolving. It's just a new dynamic. I mean, they got used to you hitting them right on the head normally you know, straight up and down, all of a sudden now you can hit them from the side. We're talking you with hit them and they just, zoom, they hey, just take off. Hey, tell us about your new job with, at the bait store. I don't know if it's a new job, but tell us about that a little bit. Oh, I've been working at Cabin Fever, you know, just yep. selling suckers and giving fishing info as much as I Good can, I guess. Good for you. Good for you. So you probably see my buddy Travis Frank there quite a bit. He's down there all the time. You ever yep, see Travis I've down there? a couple times. How how are you on the when when we are musky fishing and I hear you have a, a cool musky story we want to hear too, but uh, you know we are fishing with the biggest suckers I've ever seen in my entire 15 life. Fifteen bucks a piece. I mean they are crazy. How are you guys doing with for giant musky suckers? Uh, we're doing good actually. We got a lot of sixteen to seventeen inches. Not nothing like on the giant side, but mm-hmm. really good solid you know sucker minnows. So that's pretty big. The bigger the bigger the better in my opinion. Yep. 
You know, I don't know that you, you guided uh, other species other than crappies, but obviously you do. We're talking with Adam Griffith, and you can find him all over the place. Uh, he, he, he's a wonderful guy, and he guides all over the place. But tell us a story. You told me last time we spoke last Sunday that you had an opportunity to take a gentleman out and two of his kids, and yeah. Dad wanted to catch walleyes, and the two kids, young kids, wanted to catch muskies. Tell us that story. It's pretty interesting. Well, so these kids, yeah, they told their dad, we'd like to catch a muskie. And I was like, it's a little early for the sucker bite. You know, they're a little young to throw bait. So, yeah. How old were they? Um, I said, uh, eight and 11. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I said, let's just, you know, if I can get the suckers, we'll do it. I stopped at, uh, actually, I stopped at DH because nobody had them. And he had two minnows. And I said, all right, here we go. And I pulled up to the boat or, uh, to the dock and there was nobody there and they said we're here and i was like well that's kind of weird because you're not here and uh well they got it in a different boat <laughs> yeah now didn't you tell me that there were three seniors like myself standing on the on the dock waiting for yeah. their guide but their guide went with your clients right <laughs> yeah that's correct <laughs> so we ended up switching clients and uh I took them out, and I was like, hey, boys, look in there. Those are your bait. And they looked in there, and there's an 18-inch, 19-inch sucker and, like, a 17-inch or 16-inch. And they're like, no. And I'm like, yes, that's our bait. Went up into this bay, dropped it down, went 50 feet, literally 50 feet. And the one clicker starts going. I was like, no way. Quaker. And 8-year-old kid, I was like, come over here, Weston. Set the hook on it, handed him the rod. Got his brother over there. They started reeling it in together. Um, and then I told the dad, I was like, hey, you're going to have to help me when you get it close to the boat because it's going to go crazy. And he grabbed the rod, directed it in the net, and that was the story. And how big of a muskie was it? 53 and a quarter. Oh, wow. This, wow. In, within, within five minutes in the boat, their first muskie, <laughs> it's like, that's like. <laughs> God, oh That's bigger like than never. They never fished muskies in their life. Didn't even know about them. Just, they knew it was a muskie. They're going to be disappointed the rest of their life. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined their lives. Yeah. Did Did Dad catch any walleyes? No, we didn't. They. I asked them if they wanted to go fish something else, and they were like, "No, nah, we want to keep doing this." Cheap. And so we we seen seven more, but we never got another hookup. I tell you what, Adam. If anybody else wants to get a hold of you to, to uh, take them fishing around the metro area or any place like that, I know you got a lot of hot spots. How can they get a hold of you? Uh, you can get me on email at griff two two zero five at yahoo dot com or my phone number at nine five two nine one three eight one three zero. I'll post that on my site and so will these guys right here, Adam Griffith. You're a great guy. That's, that's a great story. You made memories. It's all about memories. You you changed those kids' lives. To be honest with you. That's a great, great story. Thanks, young man, and thanks for your patience from last week. Keep on fishing. Be safe, and I will stay in touch with you, all right? All right. Sounds good, guys. Have yeah, a good night. Yeah, but take care of yourself. Can you picture, can you picture that 18 or 19-inch no, bait? No. Bait. I can't. No. No. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. You just dangle them over the side, and they just slam it. He said, Adam said he's never caught a muskie over 50, and this kid fishes for five minutes and catch one <laughs> 53 inches. <laughs> It's crazy. Should we That's do some awesome. shout-outs? Yeah, should we do break? some shout-outs real quick? Uh, just a couple here. That picture is of Strew catching a monster smallmouth. Ron Strauss says, way to go, Strew. 
Craig Rudolph Jr. says, shot my first largest archer deer in Camp Ripley this weekend. That's a cool hunt situation where they let him hunt on Camp oh, Rip- yeah. Yeah. Ripley. Uh, Twin Cities Walls Unlimited said, hello, everyone. Mark your calendar for Thursday night's meeting with Speaker Scott McEnthune at 630. Go to tcwallies.com for more info. And uh, Corey's giving a shout out from the North Metro Ice Show that kicked off this weekend. Um, hope that sounds like that was a great show. So thanks everyone for writing in. Cool. Who do we got next? A friend of yours, Tanner Cherney. Yeah. Up next on Tanner. the Four Outdoors. Tanner Cherney from North Dakota is going to be talking to us next. Good music for a great cause. The Minnesota Country Salute CD is coming soon. Keep your knob turned to pop. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com, and thanks. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by clam outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, clam pro tackle, frost ice line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at clamoutdoors.com. Tired of losing your valuables down the ice fishing hole? Our friend Bill Katz with BK Outdoors LLC has the most simple, affordable solution on the market. Katz covers are a strong polycarbonate hole cover you can stand on and fish through. Your phone, electronics, keys, kids, and pets can now be safe with this simple solution. Go to CatsCovers.com. That's K-A-T-Z-K-O-V-E-R-Z.com. Made in Minnesota, a veteran-owned company. You can order yours directly or visit one of Bill's great retail partners to get yours now. Mark here for Everest Men's Health, my health clinic. And you know what? Maybe you're getting sick and tired of the traditional healthcare system. There's lots of uh, video calls. You have to wear a mask. It's it's not really tailored for guys, but there's a solution. Everest Men's Health. That's Everest Men's Health, three Twin Cities location. They've helped me uh, feel a lot better over the last couple of months, and they can do it too. For only $50, you can get a blood test and body composition test. And get you on a plan to make the most out of yourself, your body, and uh, be happier, quite frankly. EverestMensHealth.com I'm here with my buddy, Sam, with Capra's, the new owner of Capra's. And you know, Sam, there's a lot of uh, ice fishing shows going on. People are getting excited about ice fishing. What's going on at Capra's? Yeah, so you can skip the rush, skip all the people. You can still get the same good deals at Capra's. Come on in and ask us what you, what you need. We have it all. We have ice houses. We have augers. We have flashers, rods, bait, whatever you need. It's hunting season next week. Come get your license, but don't forget about ice fishing. 
Ice fishing season is almost here. The 2022 Hardwater Ice Fishing Expo is coming to the National Sports Center in Blaine November 18th through the 20th. Featuring the latest gear like augers, tackle, rods, reels, sleds, trailers, electronics, and more. Stick around for great pro seminars and learn tips and tricks that will help you catch more fish this winter. There's fun for kids and adults, so bring the whole family. Don't miss the 2022 Hardwater Ice Fishing Expo November 18th through the 20th at the National Sports Center in Blaine. You know the best time of the year in Minnesota is right now? Just walk in the woods near Ely makes my day whether I bring home a couple of grouse or not. And I stop by Arrowhead Outdoors on the east end of town where Chris and Steve tell me and everybody else where hundreds and hundreds of public trails are. The grouse numbers are way up and Arrowhead Outdoors has everything you need for a memorable bird hunt. You got fall fishing, grouse hunts, Ely, Minnesota. That's Arrowhead Outdoors Bait, Tackle, and Hunting Camp. Get ahead of the game and get your ATV trailer into Crystal Welding for repairs before hunting season. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove services all trailers. Crystal Welding is also your local Hineker dealer, carrying Hineker snow plows and winter accessories. Get your repairs scheduled now and be prepared for the season before it starts. Stop in a schedule or go to crystalwelding.com for more information. Hey, we're back. Thanks, everybody. The Four Outdoorsmen. Every Sunday night at 6 o'clock on mybobcountry.com. And all we do is bullshit. Can I say that? I don't think so. No, nope, not really, can. but uh, it's too late yeah, now. Okay. So. Yeah. I'll you change. can say BS. All, all we do there, is BS. There's all that. We, all we do is BS. <laughs> and we're going to BS right now with Tanner Cherney from North Dakota. Tanner, uh, welcome back to the Four Outdoorsmen. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. How have you guys been? We're doing fine. i tell you what, I just uh, we had Adam Griffith on just now from the Twin Cities here, and he mentioned that he had a hard time hearing us. Is it the same thing with you right now? Yes, 100%. Okay, that's, I'll, I'll try to speak slowly, and Brandon would try to figure this out. We, it happens every once in a while. The good news about this is that if you can be patient, it sounds great on air. My wife, Diane, always checks in, and I ask her these questions. She says, no, everybody sounds great. So uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to blame it on you having bad reception in North Dakota. <laughs> hey, yeah. I can take the heat for it. There you go. Tanner Cherney is a good friend of ours. We met him through Devil's Lake Tourism many, many years ago and uh, maintained a relationship with him. Now he lives uh, a couple of hours outside of Devil's Lake, but he's still involved in helping Devil's Lake uh, promote themselves. But I want to talk about your recent hunting trips. One was antelope hunting in North Dakota. I didn't even know they had antelope in North Dakota. You know, it's one of those things that's kind of a hidden gem, and it's not uh, not a lot of people, unless you're a resident in North Dakota, probably would assume we do, because the season is for residents only. And I tell you what's true, this is the first time, you know, I'm 31 years old, and it's the first time I was actually able to hunt that species in my home state, just because our herd is so small that it took, I think it was eight or nine years of preference points before I was able to actually get this tag. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those things not a lot of people assume and know about when you think of antelope hunting in, in western North Dakota, per se. Yeah. Hey, Tanner, it's Sam. Antelope hunting is extremely difficult because, you know, you have the wide open plains. There's not a lot of coverage. They're extremely fast. Were you hunting archery or were you with a rifle? So I had the option to do either or, and I ended up doing the rifle season for one main reason was 
Um, our antelope season got pushed back by a week this year. So usually it's the first weekend in October, and it ended up being the second. And uh, I had an Idaho mule deer hunt planned already, so it was kind of one of those where I needed to just kind of make the most of what I could. So opted to go straight rifle this year. You talked about preference points. It took you about nine years to get enough preference points in order to be able to get a permit to hunt antelope. Describe that. Explain that to our listeners, will you? Absolutely, yeah. So, And, and kind of to preface this whole thing, um, you know, when I first started hunting, there was an antelope season in North Dakota, and then we had a couple of years of back-to-back winters that were pretty rough on the herd in the western part of the state. So our season closed down for, I don't know, three, four, maybe it was five years. So there was a stretch there when I first got into big game hunting in my teenagers i wasn't even able to start applying for these because the season wasn't there um, but once the season the numbers got up and they started having the seasons um, basically the way the preference points works was you start out with the first year you apply you've got zero points um, so you get one name in the hat and then every year you apply you get a second name in the hat a third name into the hat and then with the way the north dakota game of fish works i think it's like after three or four preference points instead of just that being the number of times your name gets thrown in the hat it starts to get cubed so Every year you don't apply. Every year you apply and you don't get the tag. You just get that many more chances the next year, and your odds increase of draw of drawing that specific tag. Is it a once in a lifetime deal? It isn't. So hopefully in the next eight nine years I'll be able to do it again <laughs> one more time. But uh, we're pretty lucky if the if the herd numbers keep going, which they are trending upwards. So maybe it'll be a, a few less years here coming forward. Your your hunt was successful. I know that. Was it more difficult or? less difficult than what you anticipated you know everyone thinks because you see them on the side of the road that oh this is going to be a slam dunk hunt and i tell you what uh you know it it wasn't an easy feat by any means um the first morning i was out my dad actually joined me um we were on uh, my fiance's land out in western north dakota so had a little bit of an advantage there to try to you know get a little bit of scouting done preseason, and we had a herd located and you know things happen when hunting goes on and i got onto the herd within about I was think I was within about 250 yards, literally on opening morning, and our season opens at noon, so it was like 12:03, and I was just ready to get re- settled in. And of course, there was another field about a half mile away that I don't know if what was going on, but there was a guy that ended up driving into the field and spooked the whole herd. So you, oh. you know, you just have a lot of things that work into your favor and a lot of things that work against you, and you yeah. try to make the most of it. Were you able to hit his tire? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he heard you. Yeah, okay. no. Mark was Mark was asking you, did you did you shoot the guy's tire out? <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to make sure that I uh, I still had a t- uh, tag next year and I was able to get a license. But I didn't take it that far, but I did, you know, kind of wonder where who was this guy and no one in the area knew who he was. So it was uh, it was a little aggravating, but again, as hunting goes and things happen, you just gotta pick up and move forward and, and not uh, let it bring you down. All right, so your dad hunted with you, obviously, then he had enough preferential points as well to get a permit? He, uh, I thought he was going to, and he had the same amount of points as me, and he did not draw this year, so hopefully next year he'll draw that same tag. So he just tagged along as uh, basically my sidekick and my second pair of eyes out there just to see if we couldn't uh, make it a little bit easier on ourselves. Now, I know you really, really well. Next year your dad gets drawn and he said, oh, I got my permit. Come on, we're going to go. Let's go, buddies. No, nah, no, nah, Dad, I got I – I'm not going. I just – I already got mine. <laughs> you go by yourself, old man. Good for you. Hey, what does antelope taste like? Is that good meat? It is uh, – some of – the biggest thing with antelope is as long as you get them in its cooler weather and they haven't been running for, you know, hours, they're not sweated up and you get to hide off them right away and get them cooled down, 
Um, they're some of the best and leanest tasting meat out there. You know, I've had we had a bag of it in the boat this weekend, and I don't think there's much more than a piece or two left because we mix it with beef. But you know, it's kind of like a fifty-fifty blend just to make yeah. it go a little bit further. Because if you're not familiar with antelope, they're not the biggest of critters. Um, but nevertheless, they are absolutely a great table fare. Well, let's talk about your second hunt within the last month or so, the mule deer in, uh, in Idaho. Now, that's not a preferential hunt as well, is it? You just, you just get a license. It, it is a, just a strict license that we bought over the counter. Um, we had one deer tag for out there, and I tell you what's true, it was a fun hunt. We learned a lot. It was a brand-new unit we've never been to, so we kind of went into this blind. And I'm never one to make excuses. So it's not an excuse, but the weather was way too dang nice. And a lot of these deer, we were on, on uh, our foot hiking every morning. So we didn't have access to horses, which if we go back, I know we're going to have that. We're going to find somewhere we can rent horses or or find someone to come with us. Um, and we didn't have ATVs or side-by-side. So every day we were out west, it was 70 to 75 degrees. Oh, boy. Which is not normal, not normal for the middle of October at 7,000 feet in Idaho. And so, you know, what do we do when it gets to be that warm and we're hiking? We just want to find shade and, and take a nap on the mountainside. So if we didn't have a mule deer spotted at sunrise within the first 20 minutes of shooting light or same at sunset, you were kind of, you know, throwing a dart into the middle of nowhere. You didn't know where they were. And we ended up finding out they were they were a lot higher than us and they were in the timber. So they were, uh, it was like a needle in the haystack. But uh, during the trip, we did see over 100 head of elk. And that is another tag we could have purchased. I just never uh, even thought about it. So hopefully next year we'll uh, maybe purchase one of those. And we did see uh, bull moose with a cow and a calf. And then the second to last night I had at 600 yards, he never he gave me an opportunity for about a split second. But I'm looking over the side of the hill, and I'm looking, and I see this brown spot. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's finally some mule deer. And all of a sudden it turns, and I'm like, oh, that is not a deer. <laughs> Saw the long, scraggly tail, and it turned out it was a mountain lion at 650-some yards oh, right wow, across cool. the canyon. That Man, you saw a lot. I, we did. It was, I mean, we hiked our butts off. We did everything we knew to the best of our abilities, but we also took it with, you know, a grain of salt. I mean, let's not, like, kill ourselves over trying to make sure we find a deer. And there were some days where it's, like, mid-afternoon, and it's like, all right, let's just go to town and have, a you know, a hot meal and maybe go do a little shopping and let's go hit the mountain, you know, a couple hours before dark and get hiked back in just because when you get on these kind of hunts, your mental toughness is what drives you through the week and, and keeps you going and keeps your spirits up. You know, obviously you guys did not get – a mule deer he did not harvest a mule deer but i i always say it's not the destination it's the journey and that whole journey was a great experience for you whether you got a mule deer or not a hundred percent and then you know to top it off the biggest thing about this trip which you know is is pretty exciting news in my world is i actually got engaged on the trip in the mountains so it was a pretty it was a pretty successful hunt no matter how you look at it I was going to ask you about that because the last time we spoke, maybe six months ago or something, you're, you, when you you were talking about your lady friend, it was your roommate. It was not. Uh, <laughs> now all of a sudden she's yeah, it's my roommate. Now now it's my fiance. Go ahead, Sam. So Tanner, you got engaged in Idaho after your antelope hunt. Yes, I did. So I, uh, I popped the question about I don't know three four miles back off the road and just kind of in the middle of the Aspens. Is the it was kind of one of those perfect perfect settings as a photographer you see the the leaves changing with the fall foliage and couldn't have been a better setting for it to happen all right i got a question for you it's just us girls talking here if you didn't get an antelope on her land were you going to propose still (laughs) 
A hundred percent. Okay, good. Just making sure. Because you said you were on your fiance's yep. land. I was like, that a boy. That helps. That helps. <laughs> yeah. Now next year it's going to be his land. It's exactly. our our <laughs> land, right? No, no. If she's smart, there'll be a prenup there, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Good for you, young man. So what's next for you? Are you getting ready for hard water? What's happening in Devil's Lake, North Dakota? You know, there's a little bit of waterfall season left, so hopefully next week we can get out and chase a few ducks around before things start to freeze up. But, yeah, it's, you know, all guns ablaze and getting ice gear ready and uh, getting ready to walk in the hard water and hopefully chase a few jumbo perch and walleyes around. You know, we've met, we've met hundreds and hundreds of, of people who do the outdoors, sort of like you in in – in the eight in the eight years we've done the the four outdoorsmen, but honest to God, I don't think there's anybody more blessed than you. You're young, you're healthy, you got a great family. Your dad does a lot of stuff with you. He, he's young enough to bust his ass in the woods with you as well. So those are stories and memories you'll never ever forget. You are one blessed young man. I I truly wake up every morning. Uh, I'm an internal internal optimist, but I also wake up just knowing like. You know, never take a day for granted. Enjoy these moments. You know, they're few and far between, so make the most of every day. And that's kind of the motto I try to live by. And you've got a fiancé who is hot. With land. <laughs> she is hot. <laughs> Tanner Cheerney, thanks for being on the 4 Outdoorsman. We'll stay in touch with you. Hopefully we get together this winter because we're going to go out and see Susie and the gang of Devil's Lake Tourism. We try to get out there every year, a couple of times a year. And this time you got to hook up with us, all right? I, I will make it happen, through. All right, take care of yourself. Congratulations on the engagement. You don't have a date yet, do you? Have you chosen a date? No date, but you'll be one of the first to know. Great. But don't make me the best man, boy. That costs me too much money. No. <laughs> <laughs> take care, my friend, uh, and say hi to your mom and dad for us. I will do that. You guys take care. All right, boy, boy. Isn't that a life? 31 years old. Yeah, good for him, you man. should hear some of the other stories this, in the eight years we've known him. He's hunted in Alaska with his dad. He's done all kinds of things. And then he finds a lady that he – good-looking kid, speaks well, great photographer. That's his real business and all yeah. of that. And uh, got himself the right right lady. So congratulations to Tanner. And what's her name? Did, I don't know. Yeah. He didn't tell us her name. I forget her name. I uh, Speaking of the engagement with you know, her land, I love – have you ever seen those pictures where it's like – this young, yeah. strapping young kid and this, like, you know, 95-year-old, like, lady. It's like, <laughs> this is my new girlfriend. And the bottom says she has a 1,000 acres. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. What's no. on the docket? We've got Halloween well, we, tomorrow. We have uh, Minnesota Deer gun opener yep. next weekend. Yep. So uh, everyone's getting excited for that. I'm sure they're streaming into Capra's to get all their ammo and gear. But uh, Be smart I'm and go early in the week to get your license. Yeah, and don't wait till Friday to get ammo. I've been burned on that. Yeah. as well well um, ammo right now is hard to find too but like i said earlier um you know i got a couple guys that work for us that have relationships and we are stacked with ammo i had one guy said came in he went to three different fleet farms and said we had more ammo than all of them combined so but yeah no it's deer season it's gonna be warm though which sucks i and thought it was getting cold this week wednesday 72 and then it drops down to like it was a high of forty on opener. Now it says a high of forty six. So I'm really hoping that changed because that'd be nice if that cold front came in. It is weird hunting when oh, it's warm. I hate out. it. You shoot a deer and it's like we got to go fast. We got to get yeah. it cleaned out and start butchering. At least when it's cold, you can hang it up. And yeah, stare at it for a week. Day. What well, is it? The old days, like you'd, you'd shoot a deer at the cabin, you'd hang it up in the tree, and you know it could be there for two days yeah. and just rock solid. Now the big reason he wants it to be like 
15, 20 degrees so he can keep it on the hood of his car for about a month yeah. and drive through the, you know, the McDonald's and Definitely. stuff in town. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it's so crazy that deer openers in six days. I know. Someone said, hey, where are you going for opener? I'm like, that's f- Saturday. I can't believe it. Yeah. Did you tell him? No. Good. Your secret, Maybe secret spot. Maybe I'll go and just sit with you guys. I don't feel like shooting anything. Well, go to Mike. See, you shot that monster over there. Well, it doesn't mean there's more monsters over there. Of course there, there is. His I'm brother. A, unlike Drew Brees and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm going out on a high note. I may never deer, <laughs> I may never deer hunt again. I may never deer hunt again. You know, it's, but, uh, no, we'll, uh, maybe we'll get out and do something. Uh, not walking very fast, but I'll get out there. Anyway, all right, thanks to all the guys. Thanks to Tom Rogotsky and... Uh, uh, Adam Griffith and Tanner Cherney for joining us on the Four Outdoorsmen. Stick around for the Real Talk Outdoors gang, if you would. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Four Outdoorsmen. Uh, next Sunday, we'll probably talk about deer hunting. That's I'm sure we'll talk about oh, deer yeah. hunting. Oh, yeah. Have a great week. Be safe. My buddy Mark's got something to say. Be safe this weekend. Get outside and make some memories. <laughs> <laughs>